2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18, okay? So just ignore that Ephesians 1 reference, but the verse itself is what I did want you to think about with me. So listen to these words, and then actually we're going to read them together. Thank you. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Now, uh, Paul, you know, sometimes Paul has a little way of being rather wordy, and, you know, um, he he never met a run-on sentence that he didn't like. Uh, So... um, So let me break this down for you. With all due respect to the Apostle Paul, great man of God, great writer, of course. I'm not trying to diss him or anything. But but I just, I want you to understand what he's trying to say. Because it's kind of wordy if you, you know, look at it in this form. But really, if I can, if I can break this down for you, what Paul's saying is that, that God has given us the Holy Spirit. And that by the Holy Spirit, he wants to give us some other things that come from the Spirit. Okay, really quick, three things in this verse that God wants to give you by the Holy Spirit. What are they? Let's go to the next slide. Four things, actually, I'm sorry. God wants four things for us that come from the Holy Spirit that are listed and identified in this verse. If you look closely, he wants freedom. He wants transformation. He wants Christ-likeness. And he wants glory. And those things all work together and flow together. They're, they're interrelated and interconnected. And so what I thought I'd do for you just to kind of help you think about this and process it and understand how it applies to your own life and experience is to paraphrase the verse in my own words. This is the Kevin Shoemaker translation. Go to the next slide. I would put it this way. The more freedom in Christ we experience, the more transformed we become the more we represent the image of Christ and the more glory we bring to him. That's just a very simple way of explaining what Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians 3, 17 and 18. The more freedom in Christ we experience, the more transformed we become, the more we represent the image of Christ and the more glory we bring to him. And here's the thing. I love the phrase. I love the adjective that Paul uses before the word glory, which is kind of the grand finale of the verse, verse 18, right? He says, our glory should be ever increasing. Think about that, ever increasing. Never diminishing, never plateauing, ever increasing. Our glory, not God's glory. Our glory. That is the glory of Christ in us, of course. It is God's glory, but it's the glory of Christ in us and on us and through us should be ever increasing. But what occurs to me about that is that if you want your glory to be ever increasing, then the other things have to be increasing too. This is like a, a domino, you know, it's a chain of dominoes. They're all, all these things are interconnected. That's why I use the word more in my paraphrase. The more freedom in Christ we experience, the more transformed we become, the more we represent the image of Christ, and the more glory we bring to him. That's the objective of the work and ministry of the Holy Spirit in your life. So here's the question. Go to this next slide. This is, this is what I want you to think about and share about 
with us this morning. How have you personally experienced God's presence and power transforming you toward Christ-likeness with increasing freedom and glory? Give us an example. Share a story or an illustration of how you've experienced this in your own walk with the Lord. So I'm going to just set the mic down and let you think about that. And as you're ready, when the Lord gives you something to share, I invite you to come and bear witness. And remember that as you speak, God is glorified. As we share these stories with one another, these experiences, these illustrations, God is glorified in us and through us. Amen? You want to start us out, Linda? Come on up. All right. Well, I want to ask you, have you noticed I've been changing? I mean, we had a conversation Wednesday night that made me think, a year ago, I had to fight myself to a picnic, and I made it to maybe two, because I don't like parties, because I'm just introverted, and I don't know what to say. Well, so for this chill and grill, I invited, I not only went, I invited five families, and none of them came, but I had the... I went, I, and I made enough food for them to come. So um, we had the, you know, you taught, turn your faith inside out. And I really, I was thinking that as I was sitting there, that something's happened to me where I've stopped thinking about how I feel in a group, and I've started thinking about how, somebody next to me feels and it's made it's given me a great deal of freedom to socialize then so i think that's my bit does somebody else want to share yeah i hadn't planned to share but um the way that pastor kevin put it i definitely have experienced a release of freedom over the last couple of months um Unfortunately, I was really hurt by my by somebody in my extended family over the last few months, and I was hurt deeply, and I worked very hard at forgiving and trying to respond in the right way and trying to learn the things that God would want me to learn through it and everything. Um, you know, tried to work through forgiveness, felt like I had forgiven him and whatnot, but I don't know, a few weeks ago, it occurred to me, I don't remember what Owen was preaching about, but it occurred to me while he was preaching, it bothered me the way that my thought life was going in the sense that I felt like I wasn't thinking in the way that I usually like to think. Like, I don't want to help that person, or (laughs) they should just get their act together. And I don't know, just a lot of, you know, those kind of thoughts that, Maybe you don't have those, but they were becoming increasingly more so, and I felt like it wasn't a reflection of the lovely person that I feel like God wants me to be or has taught me to be, And but I didn't know what was going on, and while I sat here in church, I felt like the Lord said, you have unforgiveness, 
harbored in your heart. And so, you know, Sunday went on. I don't remember what else happened, but Monday morning I was journaling about it, and I was like, Lord, okay, I see this, but I feel like I've said I forgive him. You know, I don't know what else you want me to do. And then he reminded me that I said I forgave him, and I keep trying to, but still in my mind, whenever I would think about the incident or an interaction with him, I would be like, you know, like that was the, you know, my disposition towards them wasn't great. And that reflects an unforgiveness in our hearts, right? And so um, I was just journaling and saying, Lord, help me. Like, I don't even know, you know, what do I say besides I forgive him? And he reminded me that um, a friend had given me a book, Praying God's Word by Beth Moore. And she has a chapter in there on overcoming unforgiveness. And so I picked it up and I just started reading that and reading through the scriptures and praying over my brother. And I just felt a release and then freedom in my mind. As the Lord reminded me that to really forgive is to stop representing yourself, you know, to trust God, to represent your cause and release freedom and bless that person. And so that's my story. It's freedom. I know we all think a little differently, and I think sometimes a little differently. So I'll share experiences here that I had. I've been wanting the Lord to impact people with love through me more often, being a teacher and that kind of stuff. So um, I was just praying one day, and he kept giving me this thought, and, and it's just a biological thing that when we our heart beats, it gives off an EMF pulse. And I don't know if I share this with anybody, but we have... A neuron system and so when a person has a baby that baby picks up that heartbeat that's why you can hand a child to somebody else and they immediately starts crying because its brain is attached or have built a net to pick up that pulse however your heart beats and so you can be around somebody and if you've ever walked into a house and you go oh, how are you doing i'm fine no what's going on you don't realize that the reason why you can you can sense that their heartbeat has changed without knowing it so there's that knowing between people. So I said, okay, God, I want my EMF pulse to be your heartbeat, to let it be your love and that kind of stuff. And so I just said, just do that. And I've been praying that for a while over this last year. And even me and Brian have been doing this Chinese Bible study, and people have been coming up to me going, when I get around you, I think I feel God's love. And I'm like, What? And then my students have been coming back to me. I just love to be in your classroom. So my lunchroom, being a lunchroom, my classroom in the afternoon hasn't grown. It's like these people have been coming in more and more. And they go, I don't know why, but I just like being in this room. And so I'm just finding these people. I know it's not me, but it's just been, I've been praying, okay, God, let my heart EMF pulse be your love pulse. Let them pick it up without knowing it. Let them feel love. Let them be loved. And uh, in the same sense, it's, it's going to impact me every time my heartbeat all day long and all night long, I'm receiving God's love. And so I'm noticing more and more people, and there's a huge transformation in the students that I struggle with, you know, because we're all going to struggle with somebody in your classroom. And uh, so I've just been like, so I've been loving on kids that I usually would like, 
removed from class or whatever, and, and some of the kids are like going, man, this girl has just been really disrespecting you. I said, I'm just going to love on her. And uh, so, and, I, and she's been, she changed, you know, not enough to come in and say anything to me, but I can tell it's been impacting them. So I just want to share that with you. So I'm hoping that my EMF pulse is what, you know, beats is the Lord's heart. So that was something I noticed more Christ-like in my life this year. Yeah, I was sitting there. I thought maybe I should share this, maybe fill her while somebody else thinks of something. But, <clears throat> you know, I do driver's ed, too. We do the Chinese Bible study, but I do the driver's ed. And I consider that more of a ministry than I do, you know, it's nice that you can make money doing it, too. But I interact with high school students a lot. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of them. And uh, adults, too. But I was driving. I was doing a favor for the, the guy I work for. Um, I was in an area where I don't, don't normally work because he had some, some one of his, his teachers... Uh, overbooked or something. They were overcommitted or something happened there. So they had some students they needed to drive, and they needed it quickly, so I went down there to help him. <clears throat> so I had four girls, and uh, I was driving with them. I, I worked. I usually try to develop a, a rapport, and I always pray ahead of time for God to open doors of opportunity with them. And almost always, if I have them for six drives, almost always I'm able to share the gospel with them sometime during the, 12, the six drives. And it's always very natural. The Lord sets it up ahead of time. And it has everything to do with whatever the conversation, the topic is. He just works it, and it's really awesome. So I, I love doing that. But So this one day we're driving, and uh, I'm, I'm working with the one girl that's driving. The other one's in the back observing. But all of a sudden I feel something in the car, and I'm not sure what it is. And I turn around, and she is just bawling. And... Uh, <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, anyway, um, I could feel her pain. I mean, so I just asked her, I, I said, did you get a cruel text or something? And she said, yes. And the Lord told me right away it was from her mother. And I, I said, was it your mom? And she said, yeah. And so um, I tell you, I could not not pray for her. I just pulled the car over, and we prayed for her, and uh, it was so powerful. I mean, God really met us there. In that car, it was his presence was so strong, and uh, immediately she felt the peace of God, and uh, and so we, you know, we kept going, and um, it really ministered to her, and she really, really appreciated it. She thanked me for that, and then two days later, um, another girl was in the back seat, and she got a, a text, and uh, and she told me that one of her friends texted her that. She was in a really toxic relationship, apparently, and she said she was contemplating suicide right there at that moment. And so, um, again, I just, so I had, I pulled over, and uh, so we prayed for her right at that moment. And again, I mean, God responded with such power. You could feel his presence so tangibly in that car. And then about 30 minutes later, she got another text that she was feeling completely different, that she, the, the heaviness had left and everything was completely different. And so I'm just look, reflecting back and, um, you know, years, probably years ago, it just, I don't know, it's just when, the, when they told me these things, immediately um, my heart went out to them. And I guess I, I just wanted to express that, that you don't always see the changes God's doing in your life, but over time, they really, it really changes you. And my heart really went out to these girls, and I'm telling you, honestly, I could not not pray for them. 
I mean, and, and I felt their pain. And so I was, when I got home, I was just so grateful to God that he has worked that out in my heart, that he's given me his heart, essentially, is what he's done. And so I'm really grateful for that. And uh, so I just want to encourage you, there's difficult things you go through in your life, but he really is changing you, and he's conforming your heart to his image. And so, and just, you know, let him do it. I mean, yield to him. Let him have his way with you, no matter what difficulties you're going through. Thanks. So um, I don't know if anyone else does, but I'm sort of seeing a theme here with where God's been taking me recently um, with Carrie talking about her thought life and then the electromagnetic frequencies um, and just everything that everybody's been saying um, that it's it's about your thought life and it's a lot about words, um, the word of God. You know, there's a scripture that says that God exalts his word above his name, which has a lot of different meanings, but his word is so powerful, as we know. And Jesus is the living word of God. So when Mary had Jesus, she conceived the word of God, and the word became flesh. And so the thing that's, um, that changed me is I had one day a couple of weeks ago um, that was a really changed day for me. And what I did was I started out in the morning, and I decided that I was going to um, try to change my thoughts um, and not have them be so negative. Because what, think about the patterns that you get into. You know, um, if you've ever read like Joyce Meyer's book, The Battlefield of the Mind, this talks about that. And so I made a decision in the morning, and I've done this a lot before, but it usually only lasts for, I don't know, maybe a few minutes or a couple hours into the day. But I really made a concerted effort. And it's about us making choices because. God being sovereign doesn't mean that he controls us so, because we're making choices all day long. So I kept, and I did this till about 7 o'clock at night, I think, when I got really tired, but I decided I'm going to only think and say positive things. So when something challenging happened, um, one of the habits that I've heard of for doing this is when something challenging hits you, right away you respond and you say out loud, thank you, God, um, and then whatever you can be thankful for about that, you know, thank you, God, that you, this is an opportunity for you to show yourself strong for me. Or this is, you know, so, um, like, I remember one time I got into the car, and um, my husband worked nights, and he drove a long distance to work. I got in the car in the mor- early in the morning, and I was going to go somewhere, and I turned on the car, and then the radio came on really loud. The windshield wipers were <laughs> going like this because it had been raining, and um, the seat was way back. You know, and so, and I just went, you know, and and then I'm just like, no, thank you, God, for my husband. Thank you that he's bigger and stronger than I am. Thank you, Lord, that you kept him safe on the road last night. Thank you that you've given him this incredible job for provision, that he's always faithful and he loves us so much. And if you, you have to make the decision. But so I had a day last week or a couple weeks ago when I did that, like almost by the time I got to dinner time, I felt like I was literally gliding through the day. It was, and the day wasn't any different or any better. It was just, I made that decision. So just, if you ever think of me, pray for me that I'll keep doing that every day. But just make the decision to think 
the word of God, to speak the word of God. What does God say about this? I want to think that, and I want to say that. And it really can make a difference. Matt asked me not to have you. Hey, go ahead. Clap for Yeah. We're going to not set the mic down on the music stand because it makes noise that we can't take out of the recording. And also, when you're ready to share, make sure to hold the mic up here so that everybody can hear you and the recording will pick it up. But that's all I had to say. I'm not ready to share a story. So come on up, somebody else who's ready. I, too, was not planning on saying anything. But it's interesting because as I was talking or I was thinking in my mind, this is just going to bounce off what Tracy just shared. Um, lately, I would say within the last year, about the last year, it's like I've been really developing uh, quite a, a prayer life at home, and it's been just really cool. You know, having my my time in the morning, I don't have to set a clock or anything. I can pray as long as I want or whatever, and, and I've also developed around prayer time around 4 o'clock in the afternoon, but it was weird. Um, I, got, I had the adoration part okay. I can always ask for things, I'm telling you, and I can complain to God and everything else. But there was something missing, and it was I just recently discovered this, um, being thankful. Um, it's so easy to, oh, Lord, take care of this, pray for this, pray for healing for this, take for us, uh, this situation and everything else, but to really focus on of being thankful to God. And so what I've started to do, the oh, so maybe the last week, week and a half, when I go to bed at night, because and that's another thing is I'm the kind of person, man, I go down, I shut my eyes, I go to sleep, and I wake up in the morning. I, I don't have problems at night. But I've been really struggling recently or maybe a month ago, where I, I, I couldn't go to sleep at night or I would wake up and I'm thinking, what, maybe it's my age or something? I don't know, but what's going on here? But I started to pray and thank God, and I decided that my last thoughts before I go to bed at night would be thankfulness. And and I would just go through the whole day, just even some, like say, situations that are not things you normally would be thankful about, but thankful that they happen, thankful that I walk through them, and, you know, watching God work, whatever it is. But I just decided my last thoughts at night would be being thankful to God. And what's interesting is when I wake up in the morning, I wake up with gratefulness and thankfulness. And, and it's just kind of been kind of fun. So I, I felt like that, that's, I answered that. <laughs> so. This one's a little different. <clears throat> so um, my gratefulness is uh, for my spouse and my doctor. Um, I've struggled with mental health for a long time, and um, I've now been pregnant four times in five years. And at the end of that, my spouse, who is very wise, said, you need to see a doctor. And I did. I saw a doctor, saw a therapist, talked to the Lord a lot was diagnosed with uh, depression, chemical imbalance, still seeing, seeing a therapist, really wonderful Christian woman. She finally said, 
you need to admit that you can take a pill for this and it will help. And I, I resisted this. Someone told me this, a doctor told me this four years ago, three and a half years ago, when Alice was born. I didn't want to because I thought, I can handle this. God can handle this. But I finally did, and it's amazing. <laughs> I, I, can, I can be myself. I can pray better. I can have a conversation better. I can take care of my children better. And I'm really grateful that that's something that, that Zach encouraged me to do, that God has provided a way that this is a good thing. And it was a very humbling experience, but I'm really grateful for it. And I encourage you to advocate for your spouse <laughs> when you need to, because we are one with our spouse, and sometimes being humble by yourself is really hard. So, and if you need someone to talk to about your mental health, I'm very willing to talk to you. Thank you, Lord, for Annalisa and for her journey toward health and freedom. And we just bless her, Lord. And I'm just reminded of uh, what John Wimber used to say about um, the times when he had a headache. He said, I'm going to have somebody pray for me, and I'm going to take an aspirin, and I don't care which one gets there first. And Lord, I, I, I thank you, Lord, for medicine and the positive and helpful impact that it can have in our lives. And yet, at the same time, I welcome your spirit to continue to minister to Annalisa as well. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Where is she sitting? There you are. That was powerful. That took courage. Um, and I want to follow up just a little bit on what you said. Um, we, um, Claudia and I have been to, uh, three funerals in the last, uh, <clears throat> three months or so, and, um, my best friend in life committed suicide a couple of months ago. It was a shocker. Holy mackerel. I lived with him for six years before we got, before Claudia and I were married. And uh, one one friend of mine who, who knows that said to me, boy, Mike, one more year, you guys would have been common law. <laughs> uh, so we were, we were pretty tight. And uh, he and I went out a whitewater deal two years ago, and I knew he was having issues. He didn't, I could just, I knew. I knew here, and I knew here, and um, there. And since this has happened, uh, it's really brought my attention to the issues and problems and struggles that people face in their life, and they feel so, I think, weakened to 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 deal with much of it. And uh, with my friend. Um, Man, I've had some issues in my heart. Uh, you know, just, wow, Lord, I should have been more forward to get with him and spend time with him and encourage him. And in Isaiah, Isaiah prophesied about 
um, the ministry of Messiah, he said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the gospel to the poor. You know what the next reason was the spirit of the Lord was? Is to bind up the brokenhearted, the distressed, the and man, there's a lot of people out there that have all kinds of issues. And one of the things that I've been really trying to practice, it 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 it, it is it, it hasn't come very easy for me, is simple acts of kindness to people. Just trying to think creatively. How can I how can I be kind? Isn't you know kindness is love and action. It's kind of kind of stealthy. You know, it's just like, and and you just be kind. You speak kindly. You think kindly. You act kindly. You do kindness. You think of something. It is amazing how little things have have impacted um, people. Things they've said to me. Um, so I just want to offer that if to be aware of where people really are in their hearts. You know, people are pretty good actors. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate that. Amen. So let's. Uh, I want to move into a time of prayer here to uh, to wrap up our our worship gathering this morning, and um, I, I think it would be fitting and appropriate actually just to pray into what Annalisa and Mike just shared. Obviously, there's a touch point here with things that others have shared as well. Um, So here's what I'm feeling led to do in this moment. Um, Bear with me, play along, uh, and let's trust together that the Holy Spirit is in this. Um, What I'd like to do is pray, as Mike just shared, uh, that the Lord would be about the work of binding up the brokenhearted. And uh, some of us are brokenhearted in one way or another, but some of us know other people that are brokenhearted, and our hearts are with them and for them. And so I'm going to ask you um, if you'd like to receive that binding up, that healing touch from the Lord, either for your own benefit or for somebody that you care about that you know is in that place, I'm just going to ask you to stand so that we can pray over you right now. So it doesn't have to be for you personally. If you want to stand on behalf of someone else, that's okay too. Jesus, my my heart um, in this moment, God, is that, that this would be a holy moment when... There would be a, a transaction in the spirit, Lord, that, that you would come and touch and bind up the brokenhearted. That you would heal that brokenness. That you would bring restoration. That you would bring reconciliation. That you would bring freedom, healing, deliverance, forgiveness. Lord, as we think about this passage in 2 Corinthians 3 and some of the stories that we've heard this morning, we're reminded, Lord, that 
that to become more and more like Christ isn't just to get our own act together. It's to be ready to minister to others more and more. It's to be looking for those opportunities. It's to be caring for others and demonstrating kindness and love to others, as we've heard many people speak about this morning. And so, Lord, as we look around, we want to be able to see in the Spirit those who need encouragement, those who need blessing, those who need prayer, those who need love or kindness, those who need someone to listen. Give us your eyes, Lord, as you transform us by the Holy Spirit more and more into the likeness and image of Jesus Christ. I pray that you would give us your eyes to see the needs of people around us, your heart of compassion, sensitivity, Lord, to what you want to do for those people that are struggling. And so, Lord, I speak right now over this gathering, Lord, and over each one who stands before you now, either for their own need or for the needs of others they care about. And I speak again by faith in Jesus' name that you would release healing, that you would release encouragement, that you would release the touch of your spirit, the power of your spirit to bring freedom from all that is not of you. Let this process, Lord, that we've been thinking about and sharing about this morning, let it continue in each one of us, Lord, that any area of our lives that is not experiencing the fullness of freedom in Christ would be transformed. And we pray it not just for ourselves and for our own benefit, but for the benefit and blessing of those we care about. We speak it over our family members, over our friends, over our co-workers, over our neighbors. We speak transformation by the spirit of the living God. Let it come. Let your spirit move and have its way. Bring freedom. Bring transformation. Bring increasing, ever-increasing glory upon your people because it points right back to you, Lord. It's your glory that we're meant to reflect.